Welcome to the Walk Podcast of the Thompson Institute, a podcast for students and faculty on your walk across campus as a resource for your spiritual journey. I'm Aaron Badenhop. And I'm Jordan Browning. And we are your hosts and fellow Buckeyes. In episode two of our interview with Dr. Michael Pratt, professor in the OSU College of Medicine, we ask him whether or not faith is something that is completely subjective. And we ask him if his faith is ever at odds with his work in the scientific field of medicine. I, I wonder if there are some listeners that hear your story and um, that maybe they think to themselves something on the lines of, like, that's nice for you, but um, is it possible that your faith is something that is is completely subjective, that um, because you felt like you had an emotional need, um, you kind of fell back on your upbringing and... Um, subjectively it seemed good to you but that that um uh for someone who doesn't hasn't grown up in a church environment and is skeptical of religion um they might say to themselves well that's that's easy for you to say but you know well what if i don't have this a natural sense that god exists that jesus is real what what would you say to the the student who um, understands what you're saying on one level, but on another level says, like, I, I still can't relate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, I for one, was grateful that I did have that context to fall back on, because I think you're right. If you don't have, if you've never grown up and with hearing certain things about God helping you or being there for you, it's probably not going to be your first response when you encounter a traumatic experience or, or even just a day-to-day difficulty. So I think that in some senses you're right that it is due to that that I was able to have this transformative experience. But on the other hand, I don't think that if you didn't have that experience, it really excludes that possibility because we, uh, I think that a lot of people, and myself included, have seen God pursue people who don't have that background. And it may be in different ways for different people, but God can reveal himself without you having to have, you know, gone to church before or without you having to had talked to somebody about Jesus explicitly. Because I think that God is is really all over the world and it he's kind of reveals himself through nature or could reveal himself through music that you hear or people that you talk to or things that you see in movies or talking with your friends or family. And so there's a lot of different ways that he can get to you and can kind of like spark something in you. So I guess I don't think that what I had is a necessary ingredient to the experience, hmm. but it's it's merely one way to get there. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you work in medicine, which is a sort of field of science, right? And 
I think there are many in the university context that sort of assume that science and faith are at odds with one another. That's sort of a part of our enlightenment, post-enlightenment history that um, that science, the scientific field is all about evidence. It's all about experiments and verifying uh, data, whereas something like faith is something that is completely and totally subjective, that, it, that it's void of any sort of reason. Um, it's maybe wishful thinking at best. Uh, so how do you make sense of being someone who works in the sciences for your profession while at the same time being a person of faith? Uh, do, you, do you feel like they're at odds with one another or yeah, how, do you, how do you make sense of that? I don't think they're as at odds with one another as people may, may think. I, I always say, how can you work in medicine and not believe in God and, and not believe in an intelligent creator? Because like our bodies are so fascinating and it's something that I'm passionate about and intrigued by almost every day. And one way that I really get to enjoy that is by explaining how our bodies work to my kids. And just like telling them like how our immune system works and the white blood cells, how they can like trap these viruses and how that makes you feel better. It's just so intricate and so impressively designed. It's, it's so, uh, it's just a marvel. And that in my day-to-day life in medicine is a powerful reminder for me that, that God exists and that he made us very intentionally. And, and that's cool. But I recognize, of course, there are a lot of other conflicts that people might conceive. Like you mentioned with, um, if, you, if you consider it scientifically, like where's the evidence? And of course, there's lots of different arguments you could make in that regard. But for me, it's, it's not really about the evidence. I mean, I do, I do believe that all the existing evidence and arguments that are out there do point to God being real and and I can internalize that. But it's not really about a, a logical argument for me. It's more about an experience with the relationship of God as as proof that he exists. So even if there was like, if you could just imagine a theoretical discovery of like scientific evidence and they're like, we know now God does not exist. It, it wouldn't really convince me one way or the other. And some people may say that is ignorant to if you could say, like, even if there's irrefutable evidence to to believe the contrary. But I think that's kind of my faith if I just know that it's true and I just kind of believe in it at this point. I don't think that... Um, so there's lots of people in medicine that are Christians and there's lots of people that are other religions or other persuasions. And I think that there's so much, you, you kind of see it how you want to sometimes. And so I recognize my own, my own biases in that way. But um, from my standpoint, I see so much that points to, to God being real in my life and my work and my personal life that I, I can't really conceive that not being the case. Interesting. So it sounds like your experience within medicine, your intimate knowledge with the complexity of the human body, you are describing the immune system, for example. It sounds like for you that the your your knowledge of how 
complex the human body is, is evidence to you that um, there is an intelligent designer out, out there that uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You can tell me if I'm overstating what you were trying to say, but it, but what I'm hearing you say is that it sounds like maybe it's difficult for you to assume that uh, we just sort of arrived here by chance. Yes. In light of how complex even just the human body is. Right. Yeah. That I I know it it may be theoretically possible, but the more you get into it, it just is really hard to even imagine. Like if you ever want to be wowed, you should look up the coagulation cascade. If you just look up like what has to happen for your blood to clot, like if you get a cut, it's just like mind blowing, like all the many factors that need to come together and interactions with your platelets and your blood products. It's that's the type of thing that I just love to I, I relish God's design. It's just so cool. So I I think maybe maybe it's my bias too that I am fascinated by it, so I kind of um, take more attention to it and take more out of it. But I, th- I think you put what I what I said accurately that I, the way that I see it and the frequency with which I interact with it to me is really inspiring. Hmm. What you said also sounds interesting though because you said that to you it's more than just the scientific evidence that points to an intelligent designer, but that you've had this personal experience too. That it sounds like almost like that's put it over the top for you that. Because you, you mentioned, like, even if there was some evidence that might lead someone to think maybe there isn't a God, that that wouldn't, uh, at the end of the day, persuade you that, that there isn't because you because of your personal experience. So um, what, what, do you, what do you think might be necessary for someone to go from just sort of intellectually analyzing the scientific evidence about whether or not there might be a, an intelligent designer to... Like what? What would need to be true of someone's life to go beyond the intellect with this subject of experiencing God? Do you think that's a really interesting question? And I like to think about that because I've heard before that although we love to think that we're all very rational beings, I don't think logic is a great way to sway people. You you can set up like airtight arguments and proofs of things, but at the end of the day, if people don't have any sort of change in their their feelings and their emotions, you can't necessarily change the way they think or change what they Mm. think. So I kind of picture it as two components. Like there's a logical component that for me at least is kind of like a backbone. Like I know this kind of makes sense to me. But then on the other hand and um, kind of complementing that is what I have experienced. And Um, That is both like relationally with my relationship with God and interacting with others and what I've seen in this world, seeing um, kind of, you know, the, the, I don't want to say the corruption, but kind of the, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff in the world. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of difficult things that you will have to to reconcile in some sort of paradigm. So to me, I, I fit together my experience and what I've seen and what I've understood from reading the Bible and, and reading 
about other concepts in theology, and those kind of fit together to be compelling for me. What I really found to be helpful from this episode with Dr. Pratt's was when he was talking about his engagement with medicine and how that seemed to inspire wonder to him. The reason that was interesting to me is because I think that there are a lot of people who do research and practice medicine who are primarily interested in doing it because uh, gaining this knowledge will help them to advance in their career. Maybe their interest is in being able to have knowledge that gives them power to manipulate the physical world that that we live in. Uh, and there's obviously some good that can can come with scientific advancement and research in medicine, absolutely. But what I found to be compelling about what Dr. Pratt's had to say is he talked about how this interaction with medicine produces wonder in him, wonder in a God who created the human body, who created even something as specific as what he talked about, the coagulation cascade, how complex our body is to even be able to produce a, a blood clot when we have a wound that, that needs to, to heal. Uh, all of this produces wonder in Dr. Pratt's, and it, it just shows that someone can be very, very high up in the field of academic medicine and find that their work in that field actually produces wonder in who God is. Well, I even like, along with that, I loved when he was sharing about almost how evangelistic he is about that awe and wonder, like talking to his kids about, I forget exactly what it was, but the white blood count and trying to help his kids see like how amazing the human body has been designed and uh, just he can't help but share that with others, that it's not simply a um, intellectual or academic exercise for him or vocational, but it's it's exciting it inspires awe. Yeah, that's cool. Um, something that stands out to me from the episode was towards the end. Um, it actually reminded me of a book that I, I read recently, um, The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, where, and he's kind of trying to identify why people disagree so often about politics and religion and what can be done about that. Um, and he talks a lot about kind of our... our um, Default is maybe to think that we can think our way through things or rationalize our way through life, but really we intuit or we, we have all these desires and hopes that actually kind of our first step forward in conversations like that, and then we bring our rational mind into um, those desires and hopes. And I think that'd be an interesting way to begin thinking about these conversations on faith and science and um, that these conversations wouldn't strictly be kind of, okay, here's my four-point outline to why Christianity is or isn't uh, logical or legitimate, um, but that these conversations would also incorporate, okay, our, our biases that maybe we bring in, what what experiences with faith have we, um, are, are we bringing to this conversation, um, and even in honesty about, like, the hopes and desires we have for our life, uh, like, what do we want to be true for our life, and how that affects then um, how we would consider or even not consider, uh, faith. And so, yeah, it just had me kind of thinking through those things and, and what might those convert the different shapes maybe that, that those conversations might have, uh, when we 
bring in our experience as well as kind of the uh, our, our rational rational mind with these things. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to The Walk Podcast so you can be automatically updated when a new episode is released. And our hope is that The Walk would be a conversation starter among your friends and acquaintances, so please share an episode of The Walk with someone you know and get together and discuss what you heard. And please be on the lookout for episode three with Dr. Pratt's as we ask him what is inspiring to him about the person of Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to The Walk of the Thompson Institute. The personal views presented by the scholars and professors on our podcast do not represent the views of their employer. For upcoming events and for more information, visit thethompsoninstitute.org, a program of CREW at Ohio State.